Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Lots of happenings going on, Jim, but I want to talk twins. We're getting pretty close to uh, spring training coming this week, and, and they make a free agent signing, a first baseman DH type that's got plenty of experience and has hit a lot of home runs against the twins in his career. Carlos Santana, really interesting signing. Um, it makes a lot of sense. It wasn't really on my radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they might want to add something at first base. Uh, obviously, Reese Hopkins was the hot player at that position, and uh, you know the Twins basically were not playing in the free agency market when he signed. Uh, Santana's really interesting, though. Uh, older, not you know not quite as prolific a power hitter as he once was, but a great fielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he is their best fielding first baseman right now. Uh, switch hitter, and gives them depth, gives them options. He could be an everyday first baseman. He could be a part-time first base, part-time DH. He could be a part-time first base bench hitter, uh, depending on how much time Buxton needs it. But he's such a good fielder that now they have the option of playing him at first base virtually every day, getting some power out of him, and good. And he's also excellent drawing walks, excellent eye. Uh, and Kirilov, you know, they, I mean, we don't know how the injury stuff's going to play out. Yeah. But... They have to have all bases covered. Maybe Santana's your everyday first baseman, and Kirilov and Buxton platoon at DH. You know, as a way of giving Buxton a certain amount of time off, even if he's playing center field, give Kirilov, um, you know, a chance to hit against good matchups. Um, and there are a lot of different things that could happen to that position. But it, you know, I think last year they kind of figured they kind of figured out that 2022 taught them. When you think you have enough depth in spring training, you still don't. You still are going to have injuries that are going to test you. And last year they figured out, let's have the deepest team possible and let's be willing to use everybody in whatever, the, in whatever way sounds like. And this all sounds like simplistic stuff. But, you know, every team has a philosophy. They kind of wanted to have a team with a fairly steady lineup. And then they got a few months in the season and said, nope, the, the, this seems to be best if we platoon everybody, if we just look for matchups on a daily basis, uh, don't ride anybody into the ground. And Santana's going to give them the ability to do that in a lot of ways. I, that's right. Depth, uh, obviously important. They sign another bullpen arm, Jay Jackson as well, who I guess went to Japan for a little while and came back and has been good ever since then. I even saw where fan graphs going into the season as the Twins ranked as the best bullpen uh, in the American League uh, with their depth and hard throwers that they have down there. But where do you think the Twins are? Are they deep enough in the starting rotation? Well, I think those two things are tied together. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, listen, I think they would have loved to trade Polanco for a number two starter. They couldn't get that done. Mm-hmm. Nobody was going to give them a number two starter for a, you know, Polanco's a good player, but he also has had injury problems and he's, you know, not a superstar. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons they were willing to say, okay, maybe Stefani works as a fifth starter because we want to get our, our bullpen, you know? Um, I do think they have the best bullpen in the American League, right? Mm-hmm. They have the best bullpen, best, deepest bullpen I can ever remember a Twins team having. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> they could be just lights out down there. And so if you have a great bullpen and you don't necessarily have a deep rotation, maybe those two things go together. Maybe when it's your fourth or fifth starter out there, you just want them to get you, you know, get you through five, and they'll take it from there. I, listen, I think Pablo Lopez, they're going to let him pitch as long as he's looking good on the mound uh, and not 
up to a crazy high pitch count. You know, they'd love it if Lopez pitched seven, in the seventh, eighth inning every time out. Almost everybody else, they're probably going to be looking for signs that it's time to bring them out and bring in somebody who throws 98. Yeah. And then the, the depth of the arms that can do that, too. So certainly make it a five-inning game for your starter, and, and uh, then you're, you know, you're in charge uh, after that. You know, the Baltimore Orioles uh, just announced after the Angelus family has owned them for decades are selling uh, in excess of $2 billion. It was like two point four or something, didn't I see? And, uh, you know, it makes you wonder, would the poll ads ever decide to cash out on the Twins? I mean, they bought the Twins way back in the 80s for, you know, what would now be considered the price of a middle infielder. Uh, and, and uh, you know, would they ever consider that? Well, we just did a story on that. Phil mm-hmm. Miller from our staff had a long, you know, he, he talked to Joe Polad, Dave St. Peter, Rocco Baldelli, some mm-hmm. other people around the organization, and basically asked that question. And they were like, you know, if, if the poll ads were ever going to sell, it probably would have happened when Jim was ready to step away. That would have been a logical time to transition cash out at a time when you can make a huge amount of money. Mm-hmm. And they kind of you know, they talked it all through, and Joe was like, no, I, I, I would love to be you know, the managing partner here and, and go, to the, go to the ballpark and work every day. And so I, I don't think they're – I just don't think they want to sell. Yeah. I, think they, I think they really love the Twins. They love downtown Minneapolis – uh, they love being a part of things. Joe Polab is a big baseball guy who has worked in every department they have over there. He loves coming to the ballpark. He loves this being his primary job. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't think so. And listen, I know there are a lot of Twins fans who can't stand the fact that Polads don't spend uh, a lot of their own money on the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, and I understand, understand that it's a, it's a true fact. Mm-hmm. They don't, they could spend more money, no doubt about it. The only thing I will say whenever I get in these conversations is. I have covered bad owners. There's a big difference between an owner who runs a good ship and doesn't extend themselves to you know have operational losses on a yearly basis, and someone who just will run the the the, uh, the program badly. Mm-hmm. The poets run a good ship; they just don't spend as much money as a lot of us would like. Yeah. Good owners, just a little tighter. They run it like a business, yes. right? I mean, uh, what we make is what we invest. Well, and here's the other thing: is that like you can play the game, and I know some fans do this. You can say, okay, you know, what would like like ten more million dollars in payroll? What would that mean to billionaires? Mm-hmm. Say, oh, that's like seventy dollars in real person money. Well, here, here's the deal, and I, and I I hate being in the position where I'm defending billionaires <laughs> because I don't want to defend billionaires. And yet um, here you are. <laughs> and, and, but and, and I'm really not defending them. I'm just right. trying to be realistic. Okay. Um. Billionaires don't ha- they don't go to the ATM, stick their debit card in, and have it show up. Oh yeah, you have one point five billion dollars in your in your uh, checking account. Mm-hmm. It's not the way it works. They are in you know they are billionaires because they have huge investments in large successful companies. That's not all liquid. It's not like they just have ten million dollars sitting in you know, their bedside table, and they could pull it out and give it to a, uh, to a, a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. It, their wealth is invested wealth. Yes, they have money. Yes, they can find a way to spend more money on the Twins. But it's not exactly the way people want to perceive it when they're looking for the, the, way, you know, the easiest way to make the poll ads look bad. Uh, Friday night's Timberwolves game, about as bad a loss as they've had uh, this season, just cratered in the fourth quarter. And then they flipped the script, looked better, 
yesterday. The first half, you know, slow offensively, but then dominated uh, a decent Houston team uh, in the second half. I think they just clubbered Milwaukee here not long ago. Uh, yep. So what do you make of the two things? Uh, I guess quite a meeting, uh, quite a film session after that Friday game. Yeah, well, and, you know, first of all, I wrote about the today. I mean, we have to keep our eye on the big picture, which is they're still tied, you know, for the lead in the Western Conference in a yeah. very good, deep conference. Uh, and everybody has bad losses. We just have to accept that, even if we don't like it. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we had Chris Finch out to a local brewery for our John Krasinski podcast on Saturday, mm-hmm. and he was fantastic. He's, I mean, he NBA coaches don't do that. Great pop of a chink going to a local podcast. <laughs> right. uh, he's such a down-to-earth guy, and he said, you know, listen, and he said something really interesting. He said, first of all, we're brutally honest with each other in that locker room. We get on each other. They can get on me. I can get on them. He said, second of all, I don't, you know, the old idea that you yell at your players and you grind them through these harder practices when they're struggling, he said, it's, I don't know that that's productive. He said, I don't want to get on these guys about what they're doing wrong until I have the answer for how to do things better. And I thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. So he said they didn't practice on, on Saturday. He, they just had a film session where they talked these things through and mm-hmm. tried to correct things. And he said, I didn't want to – and he said, I've even given these guys days off at times after tough losses because I don't want to talk to them until I can tell them how we're going to get better. He said, Saturday afternoon I felt like we had a way of getting better, and then they played better on Sunday night. I mean, that's coaching. Yeah. You had a really funny quote in there from him, too, that must have, I don't know if that came from your podcast as well, where he said, I'm sure those guys won't listen to what I have to say when you ask about the coach in the All-Star game, so it'll be like any other game, which is kind of a joke, <laughs> but it's funny because it rings a little true. Well, right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the essence of coaching is not, you know, coaching is not knowing, coaching is not screaming, mm-hmm. coaching is finding a way to get your players to do what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. And it's simp- that's a simple idea. It's incredibly hard to implement. And he, he, that's another thing on the podcast he talked through in great detail. He said, he said, listen, nothing's instantaneous. You don't go, hey, I need you to play better in the fourth quarter. And that, you don't, that's not a, flip, a switch you can flip. You have to help them you know, systematically learn how to handle different situations, how to get better at skills, how to get better at thought process, how to understand what the coaches want. He said, you know, so it takes a while, you know, and sometimes things, and, and, and sometimes you do flip a switch in some way and it works, but generally coaching is a long, slow process, and when you get the results, you have to remember that getting those results was a long, slow process. Uh, check it out. Just Google uh, Talk North Podcast Network, and Jim has all kinds of great podcasts uh, right on there, along with uh, his compatriots as well. Jim, thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.